0: Father in heaven, thank you for this morning and our opportunity to gather together. Lord, we pray this morning that as we do so, that your spirit would touch a life, would touch a heart, that someone would be encouraged today, that someone would begin following you today, that someone would be strengthened today, and that someone would hear something very important from you today. That would move them to a new place of understanding, to a new place of strength, to a new place of hope, and to a new place of walking with you. So, Lord, an important topic today, an important series, and we pray, Lord, that uh, your spirit would speak through us, and again, would touch lives and touch hearts for your honor and for your glory. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, welcome. Welcome to Village Green Community Church as we start a brand new series on prayer. Now, if you're a believer here this morning, um, you know, we can't underestimate the importance of prayer. Prayer is such a vital spiritual discipline in our lives, so we're going to take the next few weeks and to talk about prayer and to talk about the importance of prayer and maybe talk about some different dynamics about prayer, some elements about prayer that maybe maybe we don't often talk about as, as being vital components. And and uh, one of the things I'm going to do is is walk us through um, a passage this morning from the book of Psalms. Now, Psalms is known as the hymn book of the, of the Bible or the prayer book of the Bible and a lot of times you know it's it's using the general heading of worship but a lot of times when we when we when the book of psalms talks about worship it's it's talking about you know our whole surrender of life and our whole it's not just talking about you know the times they went into the temple or the times that we enter church or the moments that we have gathered around a worship team or or songs or you know the reading of scripture it's talking about the lifestyle of worship It's talking about our our entire lives being being you know walking in in newness of life and walking in fellowship with god our heavenly father and with Jesus Christ. So um, this is kind of like the perspective that we're going to take. So I'm going to um, read from uh, one, uh, what I consider one of my favorite psalms, and a really powerful psalm. And it's, and it's the first seven verses that I want to read. And it's coming out of uh, Psalm 95. Now you'll notice that it talks about worship, but I'm going to take that that kind of heading of worship, and I'm going to apply it to our prayer lives. I'm going to apply it to The way that, uh, you know, this model of worship should inform our prayer lives. So this is going to be really, I I think, uh, interesting, intriguing, and hopefully encouraging to you this morning. So let's take a moment and just read Psalm 95, verses 1 to 7. And this this is what the psalm writer writes. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him, for the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. He holds His hands; in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God. We are the people he watches over, the flock under his care. Now this is, uh, I I love these seven verses just because they're so rich and so much that we can take away from it. And uh, let me give you a little bit of statistics, by the way, and part of the reason why I like this section of of Psalm 95. Did you know that 18% of the Psalms, Talks about who God is. So we have 150 hymns or prayers or 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 models of prayer in 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 the Book of Psalms. 150 of them. 18 percent of them talks about who God is. Uh, 20 percent of the Psalms deal with the writer's emotions towards God. Now, um, you know, uh, most of us think of the Psalms as highly emotive, and that's one of the reasons why the Psalms are one of the most popular books in the entire Bible because people can relate the, emo, you know, the emotional uh, stuff that is you know, in this book naturally from the writers that are responding to God. But did you know that 62% deal with what God has done and what God is doing and what God will do in the future? In fact, it's a highly responsive book to the the work of God in the in the life of the person who is writing the psalm, and so it, it is very responsive, recognizing who God is, uh, re, you know, recognizing what God is doing in that person's life, and extolling the beauty and the virtues of what God is doing in the life. and And the psalm in, in twice has the invitation to worship worship. You know the psalm begins with the with the word come everyone join in don't you know we're not leaving anybody out everybody come and in verse six it's repeated again come here are the reasons why to come and here are the reasons again in verse six we want to remind that each and every one of you are invited into this experience that we call worship this experience we call we call prayer that prayer is part of worship and you know in in many ways, it is kind of like the motivation behind a Sunday morning service is that what we do here is an invitation that whoever you know is is watching online, whoever is sitting in in the, the chairs right in the auditorium that it's an invitation to come and to worship, to surrender yourself to bow down before the Lord our Maker. To release you know the things of this life and and for however short a period of time we're going to invite you in in experiencing God in his fullness and in his wholeness and and throughout the service and throughout the Psalm it's recognizing who God is what God has accomplished and that our worship is not empty because it's something that we just do to feel good it's worship in response to a number of things. And we're going to talk about that response to a number of things. You know, we sing to joy to God. We shout and proclaim his salvation. We offer our prayers to him in thanksgiving. And that's the kind of element of this particular message that I want to talk about today is this whole thanksgiving thing. And we want to honor God in music and song and exalt him above everything else because because of uh, the characteristics that the psalm writer is going to bring out in this particular um, psalm that we're we're looking at this morning, so here are some of the reasons that uh, we're going to we're going to worship. Here are some of the things, um, our, and and I'm going to you know narrow the, this down to our prayers. Okay, I think I think the way we worship is often reflective of our, our prayer life and vice versa. So if our worship is filled with thanksgiving, if our worship is filled with acknowledging and extolling the wonders of God, I think that comes through in our prayer life. I really do. If we, if we acknowledge you know, God as creator and king and all those attributes that we, we talk about when we talk about God, that those things come through in our prayers. And I think that's why we're gonna talk a little bit about gratitude. So, the number one thing is I think our prayers or our worship should be, um, you know, rooted in gratitude, rooted in thanksgiving. That's what the psalm here talks about this whole idea of thanksgiving for what God has done, because it says that God is the rock of our salvation. There's a, a recognition that outside of everything that is going on in life, That we are so thankful for what God has accomplished in and of our lives. That God has done something miraculous that we could not have attained on our own. That he is the rock. He's the the foundation of our our entire lives. And the foundations of our salvation. That we're forgiven. That we're brand new creatures because, because of what is what god has done i came across a survey just recently from the mcdonald laurier institute and it released a COVID 19 misery index and i was fascinated by this did you know that they had all these rubrics of deciding which nations uh in in the developed countries were happier and which were more miserable because of this pandemic. Norway and New Zealand got A pluses. You know, They were relatively you know, happy nations in spite of everything that was going on with the pandemic. Do you know that Canada fell to like a low C? That we are miserable because of the pandemic. We only beat out two other developed countries and that was Spain and the UK. Those were the only two countries, but on the misery list, we were really really far down on on, on the misery list we were incredibly miserable during this pandemic now i don't know how we can explain it or or what it is intrinsic about canadians that made us really miserable during this pandemic but can we just say that the pandemic i don't think has been easy on anybody it's been hard on everyone and is it possible um, the way the pandemic was handled or our attitudes towards the, the, the you know, the, the pandemic or, you know, just being able to see um, some positive elements of what it's what it's made us realize about our lives, that that maybe other nations were able to fare better than we were. But I, I was just fascinated that we are like so miserable as a nation because of this pandemic. Now, um, gratitude is an important element of life. It's, it's, it's um, you know, it's something that really transforms our, our circumstances no matter what it is that we're going through. I, I, I looked up on the internet a, a number of, of sites, you know, psychological sites, uh, you know, and, and, you know, social integration sites and, and all this stuff and listed all the things that they said gratitude. Now I'm not going to ex- you know, expound on everyone, but almost all of them you know, said that you know, if you live a life of, of gratitude that sees the good in things, no matter what is happening, it opens doors to better and more relationships. It, it gives you a healthier outlook, even with the people that are around you. Uh, it improves your physical health. Um, There's just something about having a uh, gratitude in your life that that makes you feel better. That that actually transforms your physical health. It, it it improves your psychological health. Certainly, gratitude does something for the betterment of of our of our mental health. And another thing it does it enhances empathy and reduces aggression. You just you just feel uh, you know you don't have you understand how other people are suffering. You have a sense of of you know, appreciation for other people and, and reduces your sense of anger and aggression. Uh, gratitude actually makes you sleep better. <laughs> um, again, I don't, I don't know the, uh, you know, the, the medical components that, that make that happen. But almost, almost everyone said, you know, in, in talking about health care and, and all of that, that it, it does that. And it proves your self-esteem improves your own self-esteem and it even increases your mental strength whatever that means but there's so many benefits to gratitude and being thankful regardless of the circumstances and that's the caveat we keep adding is that regardless of the circumstances that our gratitude is not dictated by what is happening around us that there is uh, a, you know, a personality trait in us that should at least be able to be thankful for the positive things in our lives regardless of what is happening and in gratitude boosts optimism it boosts enthusiasm uh, love joy happiness and, and at the same time because we have this heart of gratitude it, it protects us from destructive emotions like envy greed bitterness resentment now think about that as part of your prayer life that when you continually go to the lord it's not about you know the difficulties that you're experiencing but you're in the meantime thanking god for something good in your life now i was i was intrigued a number of years ago where i, where I heard i can't remember i apologize But I remember somebody saying, we only identify maybe a handful of positive things that are happening in our lives that we would attribute to God. But the reality is, is God is probably doing much, much more in our lives in a positive sense that we are willing to acknowledge or even to recognize. Or we we miss it totally. And there's just something about, about acknowledging those things in our prayer life and thanking God for it. That that gives us a far healthier spirituality, if I could say it that way. And and not not only the whole gratitude thing, but there's some recognizable things that come out of this song as well that I think I, I think are, are are key important components in our own prayer lives. It recognizes that God is king. We can, we, you know, we can acknowledge so many aspects of God's character, his love, his compassion, his mercy, even even his judgment. But all of those just become abstract characteristics if we don't recognize God as king. Now I know the whole terminology of king is really foreign in our culture, really foreign to our ideology. But there's something about recognizing God as the ultimate authority in our lives. That he does rule on the throne of the of entire universe in creation. That we are accountable to someone. I, I think it's an important inca- accountability factor because when we recognize, uh, you know, who God is and that he is king over all things, I think... I think when, when we're accountable in that particular way, it transforms the way we understand relationships. I think it transforms the way we understand love and compassion. It transforms the way we understand our responsibility to who we're accountable. We've suddenly become responsible for healthy environments, for the creation. We become responsible for you know having, having a, a work ethic. Uh, we become responsible for being people of justice. We become responsible for, you know um, putting away all kinds of injustices and 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 racial uh, injustices all of those things i think i think it demands of us who believe in god and recognize him as king and authority it 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 shapes the whole motivation and responsibility that we have as believers in god i think that's so important i love the story of francis felon uh fenelon who was the preacher for King Louis the 14th in the 17th century. Um, this one particular sun, Sunday, king, king, king Louis the 14th shows up at, at the Sunday service with all his attendants and as he walks into kind of like the chapel and uh, he looks around, there's nobody else in the church. And Francis Fenelon is there and, and, and the king says, what is going on today? Why? Why are we the only ones here? And Fenelon replied, which I think is really cool what he did. He goes, I published that you would not come to church today in order that your majesty might see who serves God in truth and who flatters the king. Isn't that beautiful? And nobody nobody other than the king and his attendants showed up. And it was a powerful statement of who comes to flatter the king or who really comes to worship God in truth? And I think that's such a powerful statement because do we live just to flatter God or just to get by with God or just to get from God what we want or just to be blessed by God because you know that's all we're looking for? Or do we recognize and make our lives accountable to Him because we want to live in truth? we want to live in in righteousness as god has given us you know directives in, in through his word and through the person of jesus christ you know because we worship god not to flatter him because but but to recognize him as king in our lives and he is on the throne of the universe and that's That's one of the aspects of this particular Psalm that comes out. Uh, Another thing is is mentions God as creator. Um, Now I wanna be really cautious here. Uh, I read just recently, um, actually now I think of it, it's actually an article out of 2017. Um, Do you know what the Large Hadron Collider is? It's in Switzerland, right? And it's the most, the world's largest and most powerful particle accelerator in the world it is uh, it started up in September 10th of 2008 and it's 27 kilometers Um, the complex is 27 kilometer ring and it's a soup it has superconducting magnets and it this this accelerates um, energy and particles in this sort of tunnel 27 kilometer thing and and collides them at almost the speed of light and and scientists figure out how you know these these energy particles work and start to make you know determinations about how the universe was created and all this kind of stuff and back in two, 2017 they actually released an article a statement out of the collider saying that um, the universe is a miracle that based on all their experiments and what they were finding out about energy sources and dark matter and and Higgs boson and all those kind of stuff, that the universe should not exist. And I thought that was, wow. And they're talking about all the intricacies and all the, the delicate balances of, you know, the energies that exist and how the world is just... You know, so finely tuned, and all the stuff that they were discovering, and the and and they said they actually the title of the the article actually said the universe is a miracle. It should not exist, and I I was just really excited reading all of that, but then you know there was this disclaimer, which just broke my heart, absolutely broke my heart, and the disclaimer was this: is that this has nothing to do with spirituality or religion. And everything to do with science, in fact, they were here they are talking in miraculous language, in kind of uh, you know creation language, and yet they absolutely refused and even had a disclaimer in the article that it had nothing to do with God, nothing to do with spirituality, nothing to do with religion and it was heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. you see when the Scriptures say that God is the creator. it doesn't say it to become a statement that we dislike anything scientific or we are against you know medical health professionals or we are, are against anything about science. When it says that God is, the, is creator it's for us to acknowledge the wonder and the beauty of how God has has made the earth made the place that we're living the the beautiful intricacies and how everything is tied together and how God has made this a place for us to exist and it's to you know see the wonder and the beauty of God's God's creativity and all of it. It's not to slam anyone who you know s- sees it in more pragmatic terms. In fact, I would argue if you read uh, the wisdom literature in the Old Testament, it is all about understanding the mechanisms of how God put the universe together, how God put the things of this earth together. To understand, you know, the common, you know, uh, scientific ways that the things are intricately linked. And how we can better understand them and and better live our lives in light of how God has made the creation. That's part part of wisdom. But suddenly to, to say that God is the creator, in many circles it turns out to be so. Don't believe science, or don't believe. You know, uh, let's not be let's let's be anti. Oh, I was going to say anti vaccine let 's you, know, you know or or let 's be anti you know climate change or anything like that right away that 's not that 's not biblically what what is being said here okay we might not, we might disagree with the results of or or how people see you know um, the, the the you know the the scientific process as and what, what they claim originated, just like that article about you know the hadron collider, you know I would absolutely say that the the end result of what they're seeing is is unfortunate. It's sad, but I almost think it's a reaction to them not wanting to give fuel to you know uh, the, do you want say extremists and the religious. Uh, community that wants to just discredit science altogether. I think that's an unfortunate thing that's happened in our world, to be honest. But here, it's recognizing that God is the creator and that does something to us. That he's who we're, you know, accountable to. But also, our lives are incredibly blessed to recognize that God shaped all of this creation this beautiful world that we live in so that we can enjoy it and recognize God's hand and beauty in all that entails what it means to live day in and day out from the very breath that we take in each and every day. Now the last thing that um, is talked about in this particular psalm is, is God as the shepherd, as the caring shepherd. Now, You know as as we said at this last part in verse six there's another invitation to come Um, but it's to come bow down and worship God why because God's just not the king he's just not just not being the creator Um, and those things are all well and good but can I can I make an argument that you can be a king and you can be the creator of all things and you could just not care for it at all or set it aside how a lot of people feel that God you know, God works in the world. But the fact of the matter is those are, you know, qualities of God that are, you know, intrinsic to who he is. But the fact that he's a caring shepherd makes it all worthwhile. Imagine if God was not a caring shepherd and he was in control of everything and he created all things and yet was out to, you know, make it more difficult for us to live. But the psalmist, you know, recognizes that God is one who cares for us intimately. And, you know, as, as wonderful it is uh, that he is king, as wonderful he is that he made all the creation, that he cares for each and every one of us individually. Individually. Jesus was speaking to the crowd in Matthew 6. And he says, can all your worries why do you have so little faith notice how notice how jesus framed that okay we can allow the cares of this world the difficulties of this world to become the factors in which we say god cares for me or god doesn't care for me and the better things are in my life or the more consistent things are in a positive nature in my life is more uh, speak into the fact of how God cares for me. But Jesus says, don't have such little faith and judge God's care for you by the circumstances in your life and the situations in your life. That goes for a pandemic. There's been a single moment in this pandemic where God has not cared about every single individual on this planet. There has not been A single one. We are the sheep of the Great Shepherd. Just as God, you know, meticulously made the universe, he crafted and meticulously made each and every one of us. We are the people of God's pasture. Um, and, And the pasture in Old Testament is symbolic of God's provision. That God cares, and Jesus in that passage talks about, that, you know, why worry about your clothes? Why worry about the, the, the things that that really, uh, you know, take over your whole life when God is caring for you. And that's and that's where gratitude lies, and thankfulness lies. We are the sheep of His hand, the passage says, and the hand. And again, in Old Testament, you know, symbolism is is God's protection, God's guidance, God's care, you know, God's, you know, shield on each and every one of us. There's this beautiful, beautiful thing. Gratitude is good. And, you know, um, gratitude, I think, is important in our spiritual life. In fact, many philosophers over the years have called gratitude... What uh, a gateway emotion, and the reason why they call it a gateway emotion is that it it um, it's the greatest virtue because it leads to all these other virtues. That when you have a life that's filled with gratitude, it's this ultimate virtue that you know gives you, uh, helps you to grow in love, to grow in in what you have, and to have greater satisfaction for what you have. And loving you know, everything that, that you can appreciate in your own life, even the work that you do, and to see it in, in very positive ways. And when we have a, a high level of gratitude in our life, it feeds all these other areas of our lives in very, very positive ways. So that's why it's called a gateway emotion. So um, how do we cultivate gratitude in our prayer life. What, what is it that we can do um, in our prayer life to be more thankful to the Lord? Uh, is this a component that we should add to our prayer lives? I think absolutely. I, I think as a component of worship, I think it becomes important. So how do we, you know, build our, our gratitude muscle in our lives? Here's, here's four suggestions really quickly on how to build gratitude Uh, in your prayer life. Number one, let's give it some space. Give it, give it space. And what I mean by that is, is, is make space for it in your life. Begin your day with intention. What is it that I can be thankful for today that I, that I'm going at the end of the day? Think about, you know, what experiences, what happened at the end of the day? Um, You know, uh, I, I love something that we've started doing even with our, our grandkids is like, uh, with with our oldest grandkid, especially is is what can we be thankful for and uh, you know whenever they, they have dinner over at our place it's one of the things that sort of becomes the conversation around the dinner table what are you thankful for today and to sort of build his gratitude muscle and it actually helps us build our gratitude muscle it, it forces us to look over the day and to think the positive things that we can be thankful for that that happened in the day okay um, so, find, and, and, and by the way, find small things. It doesn't have to be huge things. Sometimes when we talk about gratitude, we talk about, you know, uh, a lottery win. That's, that's kind of like the level at which we start saying, oh, I can be really thankful. But even the really small things that, that, that have beautiful consequences and small joys that are added to your life, Are worth expressing as gratitude in fact you know uh, you know people in in the field of of dealing with you know human human uh, emotions and that say even those small things and and a number of small things even over time add up to such a big you know level of joy and happiness in in your life be grateful for so many Little things, and and can can we can we just be brutally honest and say sometimes this isn't easy when life is hard, but it's when life is hard that gratitude for even the small things can transform your experience, and transform your prayer life, and and allow yourself to be more joyful of what it is that God is doing in the midst of the difficulty, that is so important. Okay, um, you know I'm. I, I remember somebody years ago, you know, and I, I, I remember it was just a little thing and I don't know why it stuck in my mind, but I know they were going through a really difficult time. And I remember them coming into the office. This is going back years ago before I was in ministry. And I remember them saying, oh, the line at the coffee so- shop was so short today. It was the best thing ever because normally this line, I'm, I'm there like 10-15 minutes waiting but there was hardly anybody in the line and I got in and out and I'm going that's what you focused on in the midst and, and if you knew everything that they were going through at the time they were able to take this little thing that was happening in their life and turn <laughs> their, their whole day into this transform, transformed thing because they recognized this blessing that existed that was so insignificant to anybody else but that's what they focused on And it made all the difference in their life. The second thing is expand your focus. Um, Don't, you know, uh, be expansive in the sense, don't just focus on the things. Like, focus on, you know, people and the conditions. You know, I talked a little bit about this, you know, being in the coffee line. But, you know, expand the focus. Sometimes it's all about you know, circumstances and and not the people that are around us or the conditions of those circumstances or, or little things, you know, that we can get very myopic that I'll only feel grateful if it happens in this category or if it happens in this area of my life or this is where I'm looking for you know, things that I can be thankful for. But make sure you don't miss what God is doing. And it might come from the side. It might come from behind. It might come from somewhere else. It might come from somebody you're not expecting it. But, but acknowledge those things. Don't, don't kind of limit it to those things that you want to be thankful for. And that's part of your prayer. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you did not make it snow on the weekend. We came close but thank you that you did not make it snow on the weekend. Can, can I get an amen for that, please? Okay, thank you at the end of May. All right. Uh, third thing is to write it down. I don't know about you, but, you know, uh, I know in my spiritual discipline class, we have a whole semi- like a whole lecture on learning how to journal. And I'm not a big, I've never been a big proponent of journaling, but, but time and time and time again, you know, I think Kent State University just recently de- did, uh, a study that said if you write it down, the simple act of writing it down, acknowledging those things, journaling those things on a regular basis, it actually fosters a better, better happiness and better well-being. That gratitude is this powerful thing that God has given us. And, and the psalmist writing about, you know, praise God and, 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 and worship him in thankfulness. And some of us would go, you know, you should be thankful to God. And some of us would go, well, why? Give me a reason. And that's kind of like the wrong perspective when there's so much that is happening. But write it down. It's, 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 it's something that will just help foster a greater sense of gratitude for all the little things or even the big things that you are witnessing God doing in your life on a regular basis. Here's the last thing. Express it. Express yourself to God. Gratitude is both an individual thing and a team sport. Even as a church, we should be, you know, thankful to the Lord for doing something. Like, um, you know, I know there's a lot of people right now that are focusing on the negative aspects of this pandemic as 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 it pertains to the church um you know and i kind of get that don't don't misunderstand me i can totally understand the anxiety and the difficulty of that but i think when we focus too much on the negative component we are missing what god is doing in the midst of the pandemic right now there are people watching this live stream who would probably never darken the door of this church Um, And yet you're watching it because it's something that you've been prompted to for whatever reason and we are so thankful for that. As a church we are so thankful that as a congregation we continue to give at the same levels that we were giving before the pandemic and even in some cases better. I'm really thankful for that. There's a lot of people in our church who have refused to, to disconnect from people, other people in the church. They're continuing to be connected. And if you knew the number of, of times elders and the prayer team have prayed for you, even, even specifically your name and and, and connected, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for all of those things. It's not like we just went like this oh we're done we're we're, you know we can no longer be a church okay we refused to kind of go into that mode even though we acknowledge that being together and all that kind of stuff is wonderful but we didn't want to focus on the negative aspects of what is happening tried to make the very best and do our very best to Continue being a community and continue to grow people in Jesus Christ and to care and to love people to the best of our ability while we're here in this situation and in this context because we are a church that loves God loves People and wants to change the world so express it, you know gratitude expressed is a is a powerful encouragement tool so learn, learn to, to say thank you to the Lord in your prayers for all that you have, for what you recognize him doing in your life, and for the people around you that God is using to continue to grow you, to continue to challenge you, to continue to encourage you, to strengthen you on the journey who are being the hands and feet of Jesus at a time when you may not have the strength to continue in your own strength the more we practice gratitude in our life the more that gratitude shows up in our spiritual life especially in our prayers let me close by asking you what are you thankful for today has has gratitude been a priority or even a focus in your worship and have you opened your heart to the Lord and said, thank you for what you've done in my life. You know, there are some of you here this morning who probably have never had um, a sense of thankfulness in your relationship or you've never considered following God and to see life as a a positive expression of what God is doing in your life in the midst of difficult situations and circumstances. Can I, can I invite you, as the psalmist does, to say, come and experience the love of God in your life in a way that would make you thankful for everything that you presently enjoy and have. And for you, if you're a Christian here this morning, I pray it's elevated your sense of gratitude and wanting to say, thank you, Lord, for being in my life for being the rock of my salvation and being all that matters in a very difficult world. Bless you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for encouraging us by, by tuning in and being part of this. I want to just um, encourage you to stay thankful and to be part of this last song as we respond to this message. And I'm just thankful so much. For all of you who are part of this service this morning. And thank you to the Lord for all that he's doing in the life of this church. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your work in our lives, what you are doing in the lives of so many in this church. Lord, we are so grateful that you have been faithful during a very difficult time. And as a church, we continue to experience all that your faithfulness has shown. And Lord, we are a church that wants to raise the element of thankfulness because we have a great God, a great king, a great creator, but yet is a God who cares for us each and every day in the most intimate of ways. And we are so grateful and thankful that you are our God. In Jesus' name, amen.